0: to Cinebabble episode 83. I am your host, Ken. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Clint. Just Clint. Finally. No title. Clint, how are you doing this
1: week? Um, I'm just hanging in there, doing the best I can. And I'm just so excited for our
0: first of the Cinebabble singles. Cinebabble singles. That's why I wanted it to just be Clint. Good old Clint. Yeah. Because Clint and Ken are trying something new. Uh, we're going to try the Cinebabel single. It's where we focus on one movie and one movie alone. No, what you watch and no trailer trailer. No, uh, well, you know, maybe not never, but, uh, we're just, we're jumping right in. Uh, and I didn't want to make you a, a Nobel laureate today. I didn't want to make you an ice road trucker. I just wanted you to be. Good old claim. I
1: mean, it's worth a try. I mean, you are just stuck with me, which it could be a positive or a negative. Maybe you um, could
0: be a Nobel Prize winning poet laureate who is also an iceberg trucker. And physicist. And yes. physicist. Um, yes. But I'm interested to see how this will go. Right. I just focused on one thing. That's it should yeah. be fun. Let's jump right in. We are talking about Ant-Man Mania, which just hit Disney Plus and uh, came out in theaters a little while ago. This movie did not do so well. At uh, at the at the box office, it didn't so, do so well with reviews. I it yeah, did I not do so was, well with with fans.
1: I noticed that um, it was only forty six percent, which is like the lowest I think I've ever seen a Marvel film on uh, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes.
0: It, it, it I think it dropped below Thor: The Dark World. Uh, this is this is not one that was very well received or talked about. But then, surprisingly, since it hit Disney Plus, uh, the Twitters have been erupt with like this is it this is this is what the bad movie was i had a blast with this uh-huh. there's a lot of people kind of rallying behind this movie mm-hmm. now it's twitter so it, it, who knows how accurate of a measure that is but this is this is one that's that's kind of all over the place it's really divided people here is the plot I love that Twitter um, is
1: like this thing that we measure things against now. Like when it's really nothing, it's just a bunch of random people just saying things. And it's
0: on a random day when they just can really get a wave behind a certain thought. Right. And so it looks like everybody's thinking a certain thing, but are they? Yeah. Because it's just a Tuesday.
1: Right, and Anna. Wednesday, it could be completely absent from yep. the conversation.
0: So I only mention it because the conversation has reemerged since Disney+. Plus. I do not stand behind the thoughts and hearts of Twitter. Ant-Man and the Wasp find themselves exploring the quantum realm, interacting with strange new creatures and embarking on an adventure that pushes them beyond the limits of what they thought possible. This, of course, stars the ever-young Paul Rudd, Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Catherine Newton, Evangeline Lilly, uh, Michael Douglas, Bill Murray, and Jonathan Majors, who has no controversial uh, episodes Mm -mm. in the news right now whatsoever. It does not make this an awkward watch whatsoever Uh, (laughs) as the big bad uh, Kang. Clint, I have been on the edge of my seat wondering what oh what Clint will make of quantum mania. We went to see guardians of the galaxy volume volume three. Yeah. You had a good time. Mm -hmm. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought maybe there will be hope for ant-man. And then as if to cut it off before my brain said, and the wasp, it said, no, you fool. Clint (laughs) is not, not going to enjoy this movie. Clint, what did you think of quantum mania?
1: Well, I've been pretty sour, you you know, on the Marvel universe. Yeah. Um, Of, of late. I haven't been enjoying the new um the newer films after the um kind of wrap-up yeah. of the main storyline that happened, well, what it how many years they, ago is it? They been feel now? a little
0: aimless, like they're trying to yeah, find their direction. There like
1: it has no through line to me that um it once had. And I feel like every time they try to jumpstart it and say, Oh, this is the direction we're going. It's kind of quickly abandoned a couple films mm-hmm. later or never brought up again. And that's always very confusing, especially since, you know, the the first part of the um, Marvel universe, the cinematic universe, had such a strong, a central, you know, plot that everything was moving towards. Yeah. And I've just been waiting for that moment of, like, they're back on a track that is kind of getting my attention again, and it hasn't happened. Um, I I really, I did enjoy the earlier Ant-Man films, and I think solely, not solely, but a lot of that is just my, I find a lot of delight in Paul Rudd's performance. Yeah. And just him as a person. So just, it, I mean, it's Paul Rudd being Paul Rudd. If you're getting what you pay for yeah, when you, yeah. you're you going to a movie with for him. sure. And so I, I was curious about this one going in. I just, I, I know how the Marvel Universe has been going. And so I didn't have a lot of faith, but I was like, I've enjoyed the other ones, let's give it a shot. And I was, I mean, I wasn't gonna be willing to go to the theater and pay money for it. <laughs> but I, um, when it popped up on, you know, the the Disney Pluses, the Disney Plus
0: is plural. Yep, plural. Yep, yep. Um, I gave it a shot. And I I love how long <laughs> you draw out <laughs> what you thought. You always like context, 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 I'm context, context. It was awful. What did you think, Ken? <laughs> You don't know where I'm going with this. I don't. I sit here with bated breath, like I know that's why I
1: do it because I want to oh see if gosh, you'll pass Clint. out from holding your breath I, while I get to it, uh, and I just want to, like it, right. you know, just make the the listener uh, pained all right. all with all right. my Let me inhale. Okay, go ahead. So, comparing this to some of the recent Marvel films mm-hmm. that you know, your your Shang Chi's and your uh, Mortals is that what the one was called? Eternals. Eternals. <laughs> You see how much I like that movie. Yep. 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 I compared to those, I like this one quite a bit. Okay. I um I at least had the groundwork of, you know, the other Ant Man movies to enjoy mm-hmm. those characters. I um I was curious going in just to see because I at, at that point going into this, I knew the all the Jonathan Majors, you know, controversies mm-hmm. going on and everything. And I wanted to, you know, it was see how that played, like, from that angle of watching the film. Um, But overall, I enjoyed this film. Like, it's definitely not one of my favorites of it. Mm -hmm. But, like, from what everyone was saying, I'm kind of on Twitter's side a little bit. Like, it's a a perfectly fine, enjoyable film uh, with enough of the fun Marvel zaniness that kind of, you know, sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. It works better in like the Guardians world. Um, it's a little kind of, just as far as like the cosmic acts aspect of it, it's a little outside of the Ant-Man realm because mm-hmm. it's more, you know... Ant-Man is such a small character and the stories are a little bit smaller. So to go so big and being in this new quantum realm environment was a little bit strange. And, um, But there was still enough like kind of goofy Paul Rudd original Ant-Man charm that got me through it. I will say one thing, like as much as I was fine with this movie and had an okay time, I can't say I fully understand the quantum realm at all <laughs> as far as like, why yeah. are all these characters existing in this world? Yeah. And like, why is, um, why are, you know, some of the human characters there, like Bill Murray, why is Bill Murray here? Why is he a humanoid? Why is he humanoid? But he's also saying he's not a human. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. There's just things they set up that I don't fully understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Did you come around to this
0: one at all? Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed it when I went to see it oh, at okay. the theater. I recognized watching it that it wasn't, you know, great Marvel, but I thought it was fun Marvel. Uh, yeah. I I liked its kind of embrace of the Guardians of the Galaxy weirdness. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think what's going on is that when you have a character that's grounded and audiences are familiar with, yeah. then you can go and play. Mm-hmm. If you play right out of the gate... It's really hit or miss. So Guardians played right out of the gate, but compared to Guardians three, Guardians one is very grounded and and much a, a much simpler film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cap and Iron Man and all of these things they they start much more grounded, and then they have places they can go and explore. Whereas your Shang Chi's and your Eternals and these ones that divide audiences, I think start big yeah. and try to juggle a whole lot. When you don't even know who the people are and you don't really care about the people and they're doing so much heavy lifting with the environment or the villains or the backstory that you just, you don't connect like you do. Mm -hmm. I think the only reason something like a Spider-Man Far From Home works is because Spider-Man Homecoming started so small and simple. Yeah. Um, Because it's really just this kid and... You know, a homemade costume going up against this guy with some mechanical know-how. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it but it keeps it very small. Um, And so this being Ant-Man 3, it had the ability to start small and build up. So that by the time you get to this, you know the characters. You like the characters. Yeah. And we don't have to spend time getting to know the characters, we can just be in this weird quantum world.
1: And they introduced the quantum world, like not fully to the um, extent that this does earlier in the other films too. So you knew going in what that is if you've seen those films and now it's just exploring it further. Yeah. Uh,
0: Otherwise, this was a a good old fashioned uh, point to point adventure. Yeah. uh, You know, trying to stop the baddie. I thought Jonathan Majors was excellent as the baddie. I hope they recast him. Uh, can know, I say my, my rewatch yeah. of this was was not comfortable? Yeah, uh, because the whole time it, it's one thing to marvel at an actor who is playing a villain, mm-hmm. but then the idea of this person actually being violent and aggressive changes the tone of violent and aggressive scenes.
1: I, I, can I say, like, even like I, I had that in my mind, mm-hmm. uh, I was pretty good at, um, you know, putting that out of my mind mm-hmm. and also remembering his performance from Loki. Yeah. And I will say I don't like his performance at all. Really? And this. I think it's not um tethered to anything like th- like thoroughly throughout. Like he he like his accent changes wildly. Mm-hmm. I can't get a grasp of um hmm. of who he is from moment to moment. That. There's, he just like, he's very big and it's a flashy performance, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's a good performance, especially seeing him in other things where he can be more reserved and subtle. This is, this is just so flashy and unsubtle Mm -hmm. that it bothers me, especially up against, um, like maybe if it was, he was more like, uh, in another film was more thoroughly, like introduced yeah. and like in, in developed as a character, where the the you know the stakes are as high as he is, yeah. um, it would make more sense. But because it's an Ant Man film, mm-hmm. and you know the um, the history with the other two films and the tone of those, mm-hmm. in this one it feels so out of place to me. Interesting. That's the okay. one thing I will say that bothered me. Okay. In this film, okay. I think I'm t- totally on the o- other side of what a lot of people say about that, and think he's the strongest. I was reading an article that oh, yeah. that about how they completely changed trajectory after Loki because they saw his performance, yeah. and even then, I was like a little turned off by that performance in that film, that show, because it even in that it felt little outside of what the sh- the show had set up. Mm. And in this I felt the same way. Interesting. And I so I don't know. I okay. think I'm definitely a minority in that
0: opinion. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, for for me I wonder listening to you talk about that if it's something where it's his performance that was disjointed or if it was the editing of it because I wonder if he's one of those actors who gives like okay, here's my one here, I'm going to turn it up to three. I'm going to turn it up to five. I'm going to turn it up to seven. I'm going to turn it up to 10. You can select as the director and editor which of my takes you want to use, which of my intensities you want to use. And sometimes they liked one, and sometimes they liked 10, and they just didn't bother to put in any three fives and sevens.
1: Well, that and I, – I mean, even in through, if you're doing that, I feel like the performance should have a similar arc, yeah. like – As far as being a character, I I I feel like he wildly changes from even in his just his vocal like tone in like Mm -hmm. his act like there's a weird accent change going on where there's almost like this theater British thing like like old school um, you know performing Shakespeare at moments to then it's gone okay I don't
0: know i just i i guess I take that as i i took that as self-importance or it's just when he's getting full of himself he's affecting this this more regal but accent you would think that would be somewhat there mm, yeah, before yeah. that yeah interesting uh the the effects were i think good that was one that got really panned, I think the only thing that really fails, honestly, is, is MODOK. MODOK looks so bad. Yeah, that's um, terrible. <laughs> and, and MODOK does not look bad. It's the face. Yeah. And I cannot for the life of me understand why the face is so flat. Because I've I've watched videos time and time again where they just make a 3D model, and then you texture map a, an actor's face onto it. Mm-hmm. It just felt like this wasn't that. It felt like this was a screen, like a two dimensional image.
1: It felt like they just took the the actor's face and stretched it out around this mold that they yeah. needed to in this in you know that form. And it yeah. just, yeah, it was very strange. And they
0: needed to go one way or the other. Had it just been an electric screen with his image, I would have been totally on board. Mm. Almost like uh, what's his name in Winter Soldier, right? Uh, or or if they would really just put some time into his face, but you could tell it was CG. But at least it looks three D. Mm-hmm. I would have been fine. Uh, but it just – the character itself didn't bother me because no. I've always thought MODOK is a ridiculous character. So the fact that they made him funny and pathetic worked for me. I was happy about that. I know a lot of people are crying foul because he's such an amazing villain in the comics and sure. It would have been kind of fun, especially after the –
1: anime. like the animated stop-motion show, Mm -hmm. if they did explore it in a
0: different way. They would have had to go really creepy with it, really body horror, I think. It would have been fun maybe if... I don't think it would have worked in an Ant-Man movie.
1: Well, I think they could have gone where he is... The comedy is still there, but it's around him, but he gives into it. Mm -hmm. Like, he's a funny character, too. Like, if everyone was kind of making fun of him, like Ant-Man and stuff, Mm -hmm. and they're they're like gasping at like this person that they knew is now in this new form, but he doesn't re- see it or realize it, but like he's in on the joke in the same way. Like we were saying, like right. in the last Thor yeah. where he's the comedy at, at the center of it now, rather than before he was the straight man. Yeah. And he didn't realize that right.
0: he was ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Like, I think he should have been more of a straight man on in this. Interesting. Um, okay. That might've worked because it would have been a little different than the animated take on it.
0: Okay. I don't know. I, I it just, I went into this, and and when I saw this in the theater, I went in knowing the reviews were awful, mm. and so I had zero expectation, and I was pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah. My second watch, I can see more of the criticism. I still think it's too harsh, but. I don't know, end of the day, it's just it's it's a fun, yeah, harmless movie where Paul Rudd's having a blast and that makes me happy.
1: Yeah. Can you I, I just I fully don't understand, especially when they do the flashbacks to um um Michelle Piper's you know, character. character. Um, and she's there by herself, other than when Jonathan Major's character shows up. And then all of a sudden it's just completely populated by all these is that she in a different
0: yeah yeah so and and it's the same in the comics they live in these little cities and domed cities and things where uh different creatures have come together and created civilization otherwise it's sort of like vast wilderness uh beyond that mm-hmm. uh so so I think the implication is she crash landed in the wilderness and then in fleeing she meets Kang and then in fleeing from him, she eventually encounters. You know, oh, okay. these other people, but she has to have encountered somebody early on because she's got like new clothes and and an outfit and a weapon and so she, she think she kind of exiled herself it's it's possible I don't know i I didn't get a lot of clarity on the backstory even when I watched it over again um so I'm not really sure there yeah, I feel like they were going for quantum physics doesn't make sense and it does things that don't make sense so we'll just throw whatever we want on the screen and quantum, you know, that's just yeah, how it that, works.
1: That's the thing that, another thing that
0: annoyed me, even yeah. like. See that I was the opposite. I was just like, oh, that's funny. Well, Like when they had to drink the goo and then they could understand well, each other. Well, that kind of stuff didn't bother me. That,
1: that was, that was fun and silly. Yeah. But it's just like the the whole like, oh, it's quantum. Like, oh, we can have whatever kind of character we want it or, like, anybody can populate this world, it's fine. Like, but then I, I start thinking of, like, okay, well, if it's such a, you have, there's a very difficult, like, means to get there. Yeah. And, like, so how is it fully populated by, like, how do these other, you know, worlds and characters get to this yeah. place when it's kind of this unknown universe that, you know, that it's hard to get to? I, I I just was confused by why it's so populated
0: yeah yeah well we actually had some people write in with some opinions on this movie i think anticipating that we were going to eventually talk about it Uh hell or high water uh and the first one comes from this was a couple of weeks ago this is mitchell from florida and then i love it in parentheses he writes florida is just as bad as everyone says (laughs) in parentheses um he says i actually found ant-man surprising and a good time my question is, after all the news about Jonathan Majors, do you find that it makes uh, real-life scenarios like that more believable when watching an explosive performance or less believable, or do you not weigh in on those sorts of matters? Thanks, love the podcast. Mitchell in Florida. So, like, if is there... I, I think it's it's the flip of what we talked about. Yeah. Not does real life make the performance more believable, but does seeing an explosive performance like that Seeing what that person is capable of bringing out of them, does that make it more likely that you believe an accusation that this is a violent guy?
1: No, I I, I can totally because there's such, you know, famously like sweet actors Mm -hmm. that can, like, um, in Breaking Bad, Walt, um, what's his name? Uh, what's the actor? Uh, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston is a sweetheart. A sweetheart, and yeah. he pulls out the darkest like yeah. depths of the human condition that is, you could like put a character through. And so, like, I can totally divorce that. You know, acting is acting that a person through discussion with a director and just uh, honing their craft and you know exploring that side of the human condition just by you know talking to people mm-hmm. that you could get get there yeah. and you could get yourself to like um like Paul Dano and he talked about in um the Batman movie where he would get himself to such a state that he was had a hard time separating it yeah. at the uh the end of the shoot and everything that I don't think after that it's gonna stick and he's going to go out and commit horrible yeah. murders or anything. I think you can separate the art from that,
0: that to from a person. Yeah. Um, For me, it's, uh, I wonder how much of it is. So So when something like this happens, is this truly a from birth violent person that's been this all along and somehow people have missed it? Or is this somebody who as fame and recognition have come on, their, their brain is just, crashed under the weight of sudden publicity and being in the public eye and and all of these things and then they have these explosive moments I, you know i i wonder how much of that is is just somebody who isn't able to adjust to fame as it is somebody who's just a bad guy uh i always feel like these stories are more complex than the news blurbs he's guilty he's innocent he's you know, a violent monster, yeah. he's, a you know, a, a sweet innocent. Um, You know, I, I wonder how much of it is in between there, where maybe he was a sweet innocent and now he's a violent monster because he's just cracking under the weight of all the stress of suddenly being famous and rich and all those things. You I, know, think,
1: I Well, I think there's just you a person could have multiple sides yeah. to them that you never see, yeah. and he could perform the, like, do these horrible things, And also to another person, he's completely sweet. Like things can trigger things uh, within a relationship that – and he's not, you know, um, in that kind of tension that, you know, do horrible things. And
0: so, yeah, Yeah. I I think there's multiple sides to people that you can hide certain aspects. And and ultimately, I just – I don't – I've never been someone who enjoys – those kind of stories, I get really sad by them. Even yeah. the Kevin Spacey stuff and all that stuff. It's it's a sad, you know. I I I get a certain level of performative, um, you know. Just I, I guess I get impressed with people, mm-hmm. or there's a certain level of respect there because of their their quality of acting. And then when you find out these messier things it's just a very sad thing for me. Yeah. Uh because then i know i'm not going to enjoy the art the same way i did or mm. the excellence or the performance or whatever. And so i i tend to stay away from those kind of stories. i'm aware when they explode that they're out there. Yeah. but i just i i've never enjoyed them. Um and uh you know like like the Bill Cosby stuff. Ugh, it just makes me so sad. Um and not for me. I mean, like, it makes me sad for those women. But it also makes me sad that, you know, this person that you thought of a certain way is being shown to, like, oh, man, they're not. And yeah. It, it ruins an entire block of entertainment. And it's just, like, it's it's such a sad, like, fall from grace kind of thing.
1: Yeah. In a situation like that, it's more, like, the Bill Cosby is sad for the women and the yeah. horrible. Like, yeah. Like, I can, like... I have no
0: love. I'm the real victim here, Or that I have to go back. Bill Cosby has disappointed me. I'm I'm the source of...
1: I'm not sad that I have to give up my Bill Cosby records or or the Cosby show. It's like, okay, uh, that's... That's a different set. Yeah, and like I've said before, there's so much stuff out there, like great stuff without horrible people that it's easy to... You can just move on and watch something like fine yeah it's not gonna change your life if you can't see yeah another jonathan majors performance i don't know he's whatever it's
0: whatever uh this next one is uh allison with a y Allison from uh, L.A., actually, Los Angeles, uh, she writes, Have you heard anything about the, the accusations that Marvel is crunching its visual effects artists? Uh, do you have an opinion on that? Do you think that uh, the effects should delay a film? Do you think there's a problem with Marvel announcing huge slates of films years ahead of time and then having to rush them to release? Do you feel that something like Ant-Man suffers because of deadlines? Thanks. Love the podcast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I always appreciate that. I just feel self-serving reading, reading that stuff. That's why I'm like, you know, yeah. please write more through of it. it. I like it. Yeah. I like to read it, yeah. but I don't like to read it a lot. I like to read it while I go to sleep. It makes me <laughs> sleep better. So, so what do you think of Allison's <clears throat> questions here?
1: I have heard that and I feel like it is at least like recently has kind of been showing on screen. Feels much more plausible. More plausible. Yeah. I completely believe it, especially like hearing more about like the writer's strike and everything around that. That yeah. I could see the same thing happening with visual artists that they're being, you know, they eventually go on strike and are um because of having to perform at such a level with such time frames. Um
0: I is there a is there an effects artist guild? There's gotta be. I've never heard of one. I wonder if they could strike. They if not they
1: should unionize and then be able to. I don't I don't know. I, I wouldn't You uh, keep talking. I'm going to I'm going to I feel like the there isn't of Google in, a, right in, now. in like in Hollywood and, you know, the entertainment business there's like unions for everything, isn't there? Like unions for even like grips and stuff where you like you can't do certain things out if you, you know, you know what I mean? I do. Um but I I think it's totally showing on screen and it's um them like giving like introduce or like announcing this slate of films so far in advance man really like paints themselves into a corner of you know we have to meet these deadlines that are unrealistic and when you know, I mean, the, the, the effects at the end of the day are such a big part of these films. Like it, it relies, especially they're shooting most of it against screen, green screen. Mm-hmm. And then you have to, it's not, that's not the final product. Your, your final product at the end of the day is the visuals of the film. And if you're not giving those people who are flushing out that part of it, the adequate time to do that, then you're doing every, you know the film a disservice the people who are doing that a disservice the viewers like yeah. they're, like
0: as the quality is slipping you know you're going to start losing people so here this is fascinating to me uh just just discovering this honestly <laughs> and kicking myself for not knowing this uh visual effects artists are not unionized they're actually pushing for it right now there's an animation guild but there's not a VFX guild and um They've been doing studies because they're trying to unionize, and the study results are wild, Uh, especially considering that visual effects account for 60% of the film budgets. Yeah. Uh, Which, yeah, 60% of the film budgets ununionized, unrepresented. Uh, There are things like the VES, the Visual Effects uh, Society, Mm. but it's more about promoting what the art is to the public Mm. than any sort of union that protects its members. So yeah, VFX artists are completely unprotected. And so if, if you strike or throw a fit, they just move on to the next one. And I'm sure they can find somebody... Uh, all over the world to be able to do that. That's, that's really surprising to me. Well, I'm calling right now. Strike, 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 strike it, strike it. Unionize first, then strike. A whole lot of unfinished Marvel films going into theaters. That's totally Because just fine. like little cardboard cutouts. Yeah. Like this was supposed to or, be MODOK. Or those screens that say effects come <laughs> later or coming later. Yeah. Um, wow, that's, man, I'm still wrapping my head around that. 60% of the budget of a film, uh, at one average, which means for some films like this, I'm sure it's it's even higher. Well, and um, so
1: many films are going this direction of yeah. that at some point it's going to have to
0: give. And It's always been interesting to me to look at the idea of art from a business perspective. That's, that's one of the things that's so strange about uh, Hollywood and movie making in general is that you can have this entire group of people whose whole job is to produce these films and to get these films out there and to make money that have no idea what the art is about and really don't care and and I know there are people on both sides of that there are some you know great uh people in in business that really care about the art but you know, they're just people that care about the bottom line. When I go back and watch a show like the one about The Godfather mm-hmm. or I watch documentaries about people like Robert Evans dealing with Paramount back in the day, you realize Paramount was just a money-making – they picked up a film studio uh, or, or whoever had bought Paramount. They had just uh, picked up a film studio and it's like, we'll make it profitable and take movies and take them from making less money to more money and that's not a title that'll sell. This is not an idea that will sell. That's not something people care about, so it's not worth the money. And it's just it's it's very interesting to me in a medium where you know, not just when it's about entertainment. Fast and Furious is about entertainment. It is about getting butts in seats. It is about making people have a good time, so it makes total sense to me where movies like that are are designed and created less to be art and more just to be vessels of entertainment
1: well that's the thing I mean you can use a lot a lot of art can go into making something yes. that's not art correct like a lot of uh, talented people who have a lot of um artistic skill and yeah. are the top of their game on it can go into something that it's never designed to be a, a something that's to engage you in an artistic way yeah. it is a and that's why I'm sure a and most of these um, companies and studios and everything, they it's a product at the end of the day. And it's a thing to get, you know, people in seats to um, make money and
0: to I think that's further. part of – sorry. I think that's part of what I enjoy about the Marvel movies compared to the Fast and the Furiouses. Fast and the Furiouses are about making something look as real as possible. Whereas in the Marvel films, if you're in the Quantum Realm or you're Guardians of the Galaxy 3 – uh, yeah, there's a technical level to the effects, but there's also an artistry to the effects, where they're they're translating imagination into visuals on the screen, and that always grabs my my imagination more, even when it fails or when it's not as good. If it if it can just pique my imagination,
1: well, I think at the, also there's a th- probably a thing uh, with the side of visual effects where at a certain point, and I'm not saying that they're not artistically um, uh, adapt, like the visual artists at all, like they, there's so much that goes into that. Mm-hmm. But at that point, the creative side of it's done. Yeah. Like they're then just trying to finish that, getting that visual language yeah. onto the film yeah. a- and finished. Yeah. And they that's a thing that is probably being put to the, the wayside that people, especially higher up, are not seeing them as a part of the artistic process. Okay. Uh, and I'm sure there's exceptions to that where um, certain animators like, um, you know, CG animators who are, you know, flushing out the world and doing finalizing those visual yeah. effects aren't, they are still adding their touch to it in yeah. some way. But I feel like at that point in the process, a lot of the higher up people who are making these decisions early on in a film aren't thinking about that. No. That 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 it is an artistic process. Still at that point, it's not a get it across the finish line to get it on the screen. Yeah.
0: And so people are there to see it. And and to Allison's point about deadlines and announcing ahead of time, I actually hate that they announce dates at Comic-Con. I wish they yeah. were just like, here's the order of the story, here's the order of the movies. And when a movie is getting to where we can project what the date is, yeah. you'll know the date. Mm-hmm. Uh just like a regular movie studio. That I, I think would avoid a lot of these problems. I, I feel bad for the visual effects artists on on like the the guys and girls assigned to Modoc. Mm-hmm. There is no way that watching that film, they're proud of that. they're probably horrified of it, but they know the deadlines. They know that that was the best we could get it, yeah. and then the movie had to go out. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, if it wasn't so much about which tentpole weekend you were getting, you could just objectively look at that and say, I'm sorry, but one of your main villains, like, it's not looking good. So Mm -hmm. you don't want to release this movie because we haven't had the time to bring one of your main characters up to a place that's not going to get torn apart. Yeah, And and I can't imagine visual effects artists at that level aren't just, man, that has to be so hard mm-hmm. to watch something go out, know you're going to be criticized for it, and to know full well that if you had had another two months, it would look amazing. Mm-hmm. But that's just the way it goes. And so your work goes out there, you get represented, but you know full well it wasn't your fault that that's as far Along the the trail, as you could get that work, Mm -hmm. that would just oh, I don't know if I could do that for a living. That would drive me insane. Well, I mean, blamed for somebody else's. I I feel like at the end of
1: the day, that I mean, the individual like that wouldn't be like I never blamed individual like at that level. I think the you're ultimately blaming you know the director or the because this, i think or, people or that know studio, how movies
0: are made blame the director in the studios. Yeah. I think random guy on twitter, which is what a lot of the voice is out there mm-hmm. in the inner sphere, it's it's that that idea of like, "oh, get better vfx artists. Oh, get better effects. Oh, get, you know what i mean? Because they just see the product and they think you know, somebody who made that product didn't do their job
1: well. In 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 the construction and, and development of that character, and there are so many steps to, like, there at some point that actor was filmed to then you know make that character because yeah. it's a it's a filmed face. It's a multi-year process, too. yeah, and a multi-layered thing where and and if later on in the process they're building off of. Some you know early thing that was not done to the quality it should have been. They can yeah. only make it as good as they they yeah. can, and they're you're only polishing a turd to a certain point. Yeah. Um, so
0: if the original footage was bad,
1: right, and not you're or stuck. they're given something that um, they they can't really use to make it what it should be, um, like then they can't really do anything, yeah. and, and then it's too, at that point so far along you can't go back and reshoot it. Yeah. Um yeah. to have the you know the seed of a thing that they need to make the end product what it should be. Yeah, it, it, yeah you so that's my thinking of like you I I can't blame that person at that point on. Like yeah. it's somewhere early in the process that it it wasn't uh given the attention it needed.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Well, uh, ultimately, uh, I think it's safe to say we're both of the opinion that Quantum Mania is hit or miss. We have different reasons, different hits, different misses. Yeah, uh, but that ultimately wasn't as bad as the reviews suggest. It's fun, um, and I, I was actually surprised Clint said it you know, swam above some of the other MCU recents that made me a little happy. I thought I was going to be defending this thing. So this is definitely a different conversation than I was expecting. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, like I have my criticisms for it, but um,
1: I think, yeah, just up against some of the ones I've seen recently, it was still quite enjoyable and had a, you know, a level of like there was a like creativity to the mm-hmm. world that um, interested me more than some of the recent ones and you know Paul Red's fun
0: yeah he is it, and honestly that goes a long way yeah when you have somebody that's just a nice guy doing a good job having a good time it is funny that, that can carry a like, movie
1: like out of all the you know the um, main tentpole characters that were from like the first mm-hmm part of this, um, the Marvel universe, like, it's funny that he's still going and it doesn't like at the end of this one, it didn't seem like he like, 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 this is the last adventure. Yeah. It's funny that this minor character, he's like, I'll still do it.
0: Yeah. Well, and right (laughs) now, Chris Hemworth is, is kind of souring on the whole thing. Uh, yesterday there were comments that in an interview, I think with the Hollywood reporter where he was talking about, yeah, the last Thor was too silly. And hmm. yeah, when it's silly, I get tired of playing this character every couple of years and it's like, "Oh, that you might want to go shore up and, you know, give this guy some better movies if you want to keep him around because that does not sound like a man who is excited to play Thor." Uh, where Is he going to come back and do Thor again? I don't know, I I think He's, he's on a movie-by-movie movie contract now, oh, okay. so they're going to have to give him something that makes him want to come back yeah. for him to want to come back, mm. which is the way it should be. I don't like these multi-picture deals yeah. where actors get stuck in having to do something before they've even seen a script. Because there's a lot of power to uh, you know an A-list actor being able to say, no, this is not up to snuff. I am not signing on to this. Right. And then you as a studio have a choice. Do we recast? Do we not do this movie, or do we suck it up, put in more development time, and make our actor happy? You mm-hmm. know, it's it's one more checks and balance layer that I think uh, helps the final product. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Ant-Man Quantumania. It's on Disney+. Give it yeah. a shot. Uh, you can find us at www.cinebabblecast.com. You can also find us at Cinebabble. Uh, and you can contact us at either place. And uh, shoot us some feedback, especially about, did you like Cinebabble singles? Um, or if there's a movie you would like us to do yeah. for us in a Bible scenario. I actually kind of oh that's a good idea I also really liked I, I didn't mean for it to um, but it, it kind of turned into not just talking about Ant-Man and Quantumania but the main discussions surrounding Ant-Man and Quantumania mm-hmm. uh, we might be able to find ways to do that with with single films a little bit more talk about more Hollywood stuff I would have never known or assumed that VFX artists weren't unionized that's tragic to you me you learn something new you do but that it makes it genuinely makes me upset yeah
1: you, you would think um, that would
0: exist yeah after all these years you would have thought james cameron or somebody like that would have but i guess they take advantage of it and uh i guess maybe people like that don't want right to have especially to especially when about you want artists. you want
1: to spend uh, whatever 10 years on one single project and well,
0: droplets of water better look real boys so <laughs> you're not getting dinner
1: he, Avatar 3. Right. He he cooks for the whole cast. At least that's yeah. a nice thing he does. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Ashes of the VFX artists. <laughs> he right. mixes it in. He will oh, not taste sure, it, really. Sure, sure. It's, you know, James Cameron. He's a good guy. Yeah. Good All cook. right. Uh, this has been Cinebabel episode 83, the first of our Cinebabel singles. Let us know what you think. And uh, as always, we'll, uh, yeah, it's gonna be, we'll talk to you next time. Well, <sighs> yeah, well, what? I no, wasn't done. I was going to say. I know. I just... You want to end this thing? I had something to say. I don't want to end it. I'm trying to make it single.
1: I was going to say this will be our in
0: between week
1: of episode. So we will have now basically an episode every week. Well, don't say that yet.
0: Well, I mean, that's the goal. That's the goal. It would be very nice to be able to give you more content.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe one week we won't be able to, you know,
0: record and then at least we'll have one in the bank. Yep. And, you know, since we're doing extra content, maybe you could, I don't know, write a review for us. Yeah. That'd be great. You give us something. Great. This is totally free. And we'll give you something. Just just write a little review. Just five stars and, and type in Moo Cow Moo. And, and all, that, <laughs> yeah, all that it, it me cares nonsense. about is, is the five stars. Yeah. That's it. it give me nonsense. cares. And honestly, if you make your review funny, I'll totally read it on here because that's a blast.
1: Yeah. Funniest um, review gets a prize.
0: No, don't say that. that we're legally bound to that. There's no legal, you know, limits on this at all. Like, there's put no, it in recording and then put it up on the internet. We didn't say what the
1: prize was. It could be nuts. Like, it could just be us saying it's something. It's a copy of Primal. Mm. A little
0: bit of throwback, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, we have a whole, uh, you know, <laughs> desk you drawer full of them. We'll give them out. All right. Well, with Clint's permission in this episode, uh, thanks as always for listening. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Hopefully. Permission granted. Have a good one, Clint. Bye, Ken.